Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chat with PTs. This is the series where we chat with health professionals from a wide range of backgrounds about a wide range of topics. This week we talk to Dr. Darian Parker and while he is very well educated, so PhD in sports education leadership with an emphasis in behaviour modification, a master's in kinesiology and a certified personal trainer through the National Strength and Conditioning Association, what really fuels him is his desire to connect other people and build personal relationships. And this becomes even more clear when we explore his brand new social media platform, f.em. All of this does mean we naturally talk about the psychology of things and how as a society we are and how we're going to be in the future in relation to health and fitness. And then we end up going on some mad dystopian tangent and also going in on the current state of social media. And in our secret question finale, I ask the ultimate question without any hesitation, What do you think of CrossFit? And without said hesitation, he says... Good evening, Tom, and good afternoon, Darian. Good evening, everyone. How are we? Good evening. We've got a bit of a time difference here. Me and Tom are in the evening, and Darian, you are stateside. So you are stateside in the afternoon, starting to be yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's got the day ahead of him. He's got he's got plenty of hours to come. Whereas me and Tom are going straight to bed yeah. after this podcast. Technically, in the next few hours, uh, me and Bill will technically be in the future. So yes. uh, yeah. we will be in the future. We will be in yeah. the future. Um, it's it's strange, it will still be as bleak as it usually is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Positivity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Darren. We're uh, full of full of bundles of joy. Huh? I love it. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. As you can probably tell, we are back with Chatham with PTs, our sub-series where we speak to health professionals from uh, all different backgrounds. We've actually got someone who's uh, very well educated today, so we'll go into that later on. But we'll start with something that doesn't, <laughs> which is a little bit, uh, you know, maybe maybe a different type of audience. But Darren, I'm not sure how much exposure you've had to our podcast, but in this particular sub-series, we do like to start each episode with a bit of an icebreaker. And we want to establish your top three gym pet peeves. Now, these could be anything. They don't have to be gym related. They can be anything health and fitness related. But we are going to want your top three. But we are going to rank these. Uh, Tom, I'm turning to you, mate. What is your ranking system this week? I'm just going to say let's be as simple as possible. Basically, oh, in regards to your gym pet peeves, we're just going to ask for what... Well, we're going to rate them on a scale of what we just think is the shittest, basically. And what is more more acceptable. More acceptable. We're keeping it dead simple. Simply because after the wacky scales I've been giving it for the past couple of episodes, I feel like I need to kind of rewind a little bit here. <laughs> I feel like we've been, we've been on this trajectory for like the last few weeks. You've been getting more and more soft of your with the ranker system. I know, I know. I think it's where I'm getting my old age, and I'm just kind of like mellowing out a little bit more. Old age. <laughs> old. All right then, if that's the uh, the ranker system, Tom, we'll go straight into it. So, uh, Darian, hit us with your, hit us your first gym pet peeve. Okay, uh, you know my first one is primarily like when people go to the gym and they just do the same thing every single time. Like, it's literally like the, like if you go to a gym enough, you'll see kind of similar people, same people over time, and just the same exact thing every single time. No variation, no change. Maybe that's just my education in me and, and overload progression, but kind of just the same thing over and over again. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but it, I know, it's I, a definite I, pet peeve. I, t- I totally get that, Dan. I mean, Tom, you must work in a commercial gym. You must see a lot of the same people quite often. Do you, do you find this? Um, yeah, a lot of them do tend to stick to the same thing. I don't inherently think there's anything wrong with that. Um, to be honest with you, I also see people that do literally something different 
each and every time they're there as well, like from the, the normal stuff to the more wacky stuff. You know, we, we have yeah, what sure. we call a functional rig at my gym. Basically, it's a set of monkey bars. So as you can imagine, I see some really yeah. wild and crazy fins on there. Um, and to be fair, I'm guilty of that as well. I've actually tried a battle rope <laughs> from one end of it to the other before, and we've like all pretended like we were commandos, you know, climbing up and down. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. To... I think it's the context. I think it depends on the context, isn't it? Of like, yeah, what yeah, I'm do. not they're commando. Doing... No, no, obviously not the commando bit. So I know you're not a commando. <laughs> what about that? Um, I mean, like, I am part of the whole SBD crowd, so I am pretty much really basic with how I train. So I am squat, bench, and deadlift. Uh, not very well either. But <laughs> you know, I someone did say something to me a while back, and it's like how sometimes there is something the simplicity of something. Mm. and especially if we are trained for something very specific then we do to kind of stick to those same specific movements um in regards to progression overload though yeah that's that's where i say people need to kind of like exit their comfort zones at the end of the day if it doesn't challenge yeah. you it doesn't change you and we can adapt very quickly to things so yeah like if you're stuck on the same weight all the time well yeah you're just going to adapt <laughs> to that and nothing's ever going to change but at the same time if they're there just for the social aspect yeah, crack on with it. <laughs> Unless I want to use the machine you're using or the barbell you're there using. There you go. In which there case, move away. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that one, I'll put, I'll put it sort of in the middle of the scale because it depends on the context, doesn't it? Because you said, Tom, if you're doing the same three lists, but then the whole progressive overload thing, that is different. Like you've been stuck on, what, 60 kilos on your deadlift for the last sort of two years now. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. someone, someone argue you're struggling with your, with your progressive overload. <laughs> Joe, I was actually with a client who actually listens uh, to this podcast, Bill. And uh, she was actually, believe it or not, she was actually deadlifting around 60 kilos. And once she was done with it, I just like put it back into the rack. And she said to me there and then, she said, oh, so you like you you can lift more than 60 kilos. <laughs> and I kind of looked at her and thought, this is actually like, what was originally just like an inside joke on the podcast about me only being able to lift 60 kilos. It's actually started bleeding <laughs> into my personal life and I'm not appreciating it now. <laughs> now it's not great. Yeah. Now it's not funny. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm actually having a work meeting tomorrow and for all I know, this could be what the meeting's about. My poor deadlift. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Could, be. could be getting a sack but- over it. Representing the gym and you're struggling with your deadlift. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Darian, we'll move on to number two. Number two is there's always somebody that they like never work out, but they always want to talk to everybody else, <laughs> like in the gym. <laughs> like, they, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's fine to be social, but like to just like be there to just come around to every single person and never do anything. I, I mean, we could go for coffee if you want to do that. That's fine. I mean, yeah, I'll get you. Like, you know, yeah. there's always a one person doing that. I don't know. Yeah, I think that, I think it also depends on the gym as well because you get yeah. you'll find that especially especially in like a CrossFit gym. Oh my god, that is it is it's rife for people to do that. They just love going in there and having a ch- having a chat. But yeah, I get in a commercial gym when people are a little bit more how can I put it lone wolf sort of solo just doing their lifts when you know do their training and get out. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that's quite frustrating. Someone just interrupting you every. <laughs> it's just set. funny, you know, <laughs> kind of funny to me. Yeah. There's actually a <laughs> there's actually someone that comes to my gym not to train or to socialise, they just simply come to sit in the changing room for no, about half joking. an hour. Seriously. And they exit. They don't even oh, use well, the shower. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Is this real? <laughs> this sounds yeah, a bit this creepy. is real. You see some really weird <laughs> things. And to be honest with you, like even when I first went off, there's always that thing about like the 
the old guy in the changing room who always has like his balls hanging out, you know. Completely. Um, I have a story about that. For sure. Yeah, I think I, I think <laughs> everyone has a story about yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I, I used to go to a gym years ago, and I never actually used to see the guy on the gym floor, but he would always be in the changing room, yeah. talcum powdering himself. Whilst trying to make conversation with on eye contact, I always felt, thought that was weird. If people come to the gym just to kind of socialise, okay, but to to a point, to an extent, to a point, to an extent, yeah, yeah, yeah. The balls and the locker room thing, like, oh, that's it's well like a little bit too much of that. Yeah. It's it's like you know, t- like you know, I see is like now people like they're they're naked and their balls are and they're texting people while naked <laughs> doing it. And the yeah. amount of talcum powder strange about that. around too, it almost yeah, feels like I'm part of a magic show. <laughs> yeah. It's just like pop smoke I'm just everywhere, disappear yeah. into the smoke, which is actually a really good way to get out of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> just vanish in a plume of smoke. <laughs> I feel like this certain individual is very high up on the on the pet peeve scale. This one, this 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 talcum powder ball hanging individual is high up on the scale. Yeah, like it's weird. It's just strange. Like I, mm. I used to run a gym for a really long time, and like the weirdest stuff happens in the locker room. That's definitely where the weirdest stuff happens. It's it's people shaving their balls, putting yeah. their leg up in the. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Steam rooms, those are bad places too, man. There's some weird stuff that happens yeah, no, in steam room. No one can see in the steam rooms. Oh yeah, I've had to escape the steam <laughs> no room pretty quick before. Yeah. yeah, no, in a steam room, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> oh god, this is getting really dark yeah. now, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah, in regards to people coming to the gym and just like just handing around, oh, I don't know, that's a tricky one actually. Because once again, I don't mind people coming. F- Do you know what? This is really depends on the context, but. I don't mind people coming to socialite gym, so- socialite with the gym, become socialising at the gym until it starts interfering with my training. But like, I don't mind having a chat between a rest period or whatever. But it's like when I, you know, they take up a lot of my time. That's when it becomes a problem. So yeah, in that hindsight, it can be shitty. Yeah, that's what I always find is like I'm working really hard and somebody's like trying to talk to me while that's mm. happening. And I, you know, I'm trying to be very nice about it. I don't want to be rude, but I was like, hey, you know, let me finish this first a little, and then, but it's like they just keep going on. I'm like, oh, there's no, there's some social cues missing here. I'm like, <laughs> Tom, do you remember that? Uh, I think we mentioned this on the podcast ages ago. Do you remember when I was doing one of those, the uh, one of the CrossFit Open workouts, and it was like really difficult. And then one of my bosses came over to me asking if I've checked my emails while I'm dripping with sweat, <laughs> throwing a, dum- I was literally throwing a dumbbell around Darren. I was, I was blowing, I was, I couldn't breathe. And someone came up to me saying, "Have you checked your emails?" I was thinking, "This is like the worst time you could ask me if I've checked my emails." I was like, "What is, what is happening?" <laughs> that is literally checked your. That's a wad killer. <laughs> yeah, it is. I was like, you've just ruined my wad. Yeah, yeah. You check those emails, Bill? I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah, that yeah, is I could, I'm kind of indisposed right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that, like a worse thing to get asked during a set when you're trying to get in that mindset and someone just said, yeah, have you checked those emails? Yeah. God. Oh, testosterone How, has left the body. That's the most demotivating thing that you can hear. Yeah. I'd rather hear that someone in the family's died. I don't know. Like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh. Tom, Tom took a turn. Oh. At least I better put some kind of emotion into the workout then. That was a definite dark turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and on that note, we'll move on to number three, Darian. Number three I had a really hard time with. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I was struggling with it and I was like, this may not be a great one. I don't know. But just like uh, when people show up to gyms and like they're just like – 
with like tons of makeup. Like they look like it's a pageant. And, you know, it's like, like they're not there to work out. They're there to like look like they're at a fashion show completely. Like, so, yeah, we spoke you know, I know it's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I get what you mean. We've spoke about this one before, haven't we? Like there was the, there was the, it was always context, isn't it? It's never, it's never a black and white answer, is it? I think yeah, we spoke yeah. about the, the, the thing when we came from it was someone sent in a pet peeve referring to like women who go to the gym just to be looked at. But then we came from the argument mm. of people if they feel comfortable, if that's how they feel comfortable to go into a gym. Yeah. And we were like understanding of if they don't, if they don't want to go to the gym without you know putting makeup on, I'd rather they put makeup on to yeah. go to the gym to do something. But I get your point of saying the ones who go there who don't actually do anything, but almost becomes a their attention, there for attention essentially. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like, yeah, I I totally agree with that. It's like. It's just whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. I don't, but whatever, you know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, there's there's lots of things you could talk about, you know, yeah. perspective within that, you know. Yeah, I get you. I do get you because I know loads of people who say the same thing. But I think that's that's the only counter argument we had for that one was if people yeah. feel comfortable. They feel comfortable, don't they? So most definitely, yeah. What do you think, Tom? That's what we said, wasn't it? I mean, I think it depends on the severity of it. If you do come <laughs> into the gym looking, yeah. <laughs> looking like, you know... Crusty the Clown. Something from the circus, then it, you know, it yeah. can be... It can be problematic in the sense that, you know, like, it can actually be messy. Yeah, that's good. It can point. actually be messy. I've, had, I've yeah, had to literally mop found... Like, uh, you could tell where, like, liquid foundation has mixed really? in with sweat... Oh, yeah, I've had to kind of mop yeah. that off the floor before. Now, the thing is, like, I, I don't really care about cleaning up... You know, army. I've cleaned worse things before off the floor, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's something quite grim mopping someone's face that's dripped onto a treadmill yeah. belt <laughs> or onto a functional yeah, yeah. Uh, rig area floor, etc. It's pretty grim. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to meet halfway there. Depends on the severity. I blame mainstream social media for a lot of that for people turning up mm. and sort of oh, that totally. thing because the expectation of how yeah. they should look when they walk into a gym. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point, Bill. I think the expectation or how you perceive other people think you should look yeah. when you go into a gym, you know, it's people are very swayed by those things, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's powerful. Mm. I like the severity. I like how Tom said it's severity the severity. Scale. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is the severity. It is severity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one... <laughs> And this, then this can go for both men and women. But like, if you ever really wanted to see how someone would look in a, in a, like a natural habitat, use your gym is a place for that. You can catch out. And once again, this goes for men and women. I'm not being sexist here, but you can see who is trying to catfish. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Because I've seen some people's WhatsApp photos when they are wearing makeup or when you know blokes have like done their hair, etc shaven, moisturised, exfoliated, etc. And they look relatively normal when suddenly you see them in a gym environment where they're sweating and they're <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely heavy breathing. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. the same, are these the same people? Yeah. 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 Good way to check like, out who's catfishing. Yeah, go to a gym. Interesting. I like it. Now, Darren, we're going to move on to a more serious part of the show. And as usual, I say this every time, but we'll see how we go. I've got a feeling, I've got a feeling this week this is actually going to be serious. So my first question, Darren, is going to be one you probably, you'll, you'll understand the context of why I'm asking this question. People won't. But I'm, I want to ask you, Darren, who are you? Who are you? Who is Darren Parker? Yeah. Um, I believe that I'm someone who spends a lot of time trying to connect other people. I'm a connector of other people. I enjoy seeing other people meet each other and the feeling they get when they meet someone new and they created 
the beginning of a lasting relationship. I love connection. Uh, I also believe someone who's heavily into integrity, uh, values, punctuality, uh, but really looks at people and tries to see the best part of them and not necessarily all the negative things. That's why I struggled with the pet peeve things. I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I felt like I was reaching because I feel like it's not something I tend to like think about so much. So I want to I want to have a different context about it. But for me, I feel like I'm into faith and action, you know, believing the values that I have, but not just resting on those. Also saying action is part of it. I want to believe in something and have action in what I do, whatever it is in my life, whether it's, you know, loving my family, my friends, my connections. I want to be a good person for them. But part of that is not only just being supportive, but the act, the action and being supportive, showing that as well, I think is really important. Yeah, I really like that because you touched on a really important point that I think a lot of people fall foul of is the, the action part of things. It's good to say you believe in something. It's good to, to use words to say, oh, this, I'm passionate about this, I believe in this. But without the action, they're just words. It's, it's meaningless. Without, you know, without showing that you actually do truly believe in something, that's when you, know, you actually do see who a person is, I think, through action over mm. words. Fact and non-verba. Sorry, what was that? Fact non verba. It's Latin. I'm oh, sorry, mate. I'm oh, sorry, mate. Didn't it means think, actions like, over Latin. words. All right, okay. <laughs> Showing off. Are you even playing Rome again, have you? Rome Total War. <laughs> that was a quick Google. <laughs> that was a quick Google. So like, yeah, I, was... I looked it up real quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Darren was talking Google. What is that? Yeah. What's that in Latin? Yeah. Oh, no. What is that? Lat- oh. <laughs> From doing a little bit of digging, I can see you're involved in quite a lot, which I'm sure we're going to come on to. Uh, and you're obviously very well educated, you know, as uh, people will see in the bio. And I probably, in my little introduction at the start before we actually start talking, I'll, I'll, I'll probably rattle through. You know, numerous qualifications you've got but what I want to know is is growing up was getting so deep into the health and fitness injury in regards to qualifications that always something you aspire to do or was it you know, was it was it a turning point at some at some stage yeah I think for me um, I grew up in a pretty athletic family uh, my dad was a, a collegiate football player American football player and um, my mom was very athletic is athletic and my brother played college sports I was a collegiate track and field sprinter Um, So sports and exercise were always really important to me. And my dad said to me, he's like, listen, um, whatever you want to do professionally in your life, I hope hope that you really enjoy it. There's something you want to do. You wake up feeling good about it. You feel good about yourself when you go and do it. And I always felt connected to exercise. And I also felt connected to creating relationships with people. And it's it's a great industry because you can do both. Within, I think I'm even more connected to, as I've gotten older, to the personal relationship aspect of, of working with people mm. in the business. The exercise part feels for, pretty automatic to me at this point. I've always learning, of course, continue to learn on all the different aspects of things. But you know, I've, I've had a very successful long-term training career over 20 years. And most of my clients have been with me the, the entire time or just a little less than that. And I think it's because the personal aspect of it, the psychology behind working with people, how you make people feel, how they want to progress towards the things they want, and how can I be a positive intervention in their life to help them achieve whatever that is. It may not even be exercise related, just it could be other aspects of their life, the social, emotional components of things, spirituality, um, environmental aspects you know when you work with someone a long time you get into all facets of their life and so um i feel like it's just always what i've done 
in my life. It was never a question like that I was going to do something else. It just always felt like this is where I wanted to move towards in my life. And something you mentioned there, you've been in this industry for, for quite a long time. And something I do like to ask uh, people who have been in you know, any industry for a long time is, how would you say you avoid staying complacent in, in your role, especially in this industry where you know things like research is always changing it could be very difficult yeah. to stay up to date how do you find that's best for you to not be complacent well i think the biggest thing is just talking to other professionals on a regular basis like i have a very large network of colleagues and we always stay uh, in contact with each other i serve on several committee committees for fitness organizations so i'm always around other people who are have been in the business a long time or who are actually new i love talking to new people in the business too because it, it, it refreshes me. You know, I remember starting and what that was like and the challenges with doing that. So I try to have a nice variety of people that I know on a regular basis. I have probably five or six phone calls a week with other colleagues of mine just because I'm curious what other people are up to uh, for that. Uh, I love attending conferences, mainly for the networking aspect <laughs> of it. Um, I just like people. I enjoy like doing this. I wanted to be on this. You guys seem like fun. I listened to your, some of your episodes. I was like, these guys are fun. I like fun people. Yeah. And I don't want it to be stiff. I want it to yeah. be fun. You know, let's not yeah. take it too serious, you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah, because life, life, you know, if you take life too seriously, it can be quite dull, can't it? You know, you want to keep a bit, bit yeah. of joy, especially in times like this where things are quite, you know, dull for a lot of people around the world. Um, I think it's nice to bring a bit of joy if we can. Yeah, most <laughs> definitely. Particularly in this field, like uh, with trying to bridge the gap between evidence and personal training and fitness and exercise in general, etc. It can almost sound quite monot monotonous at times. It can, I don't want to say dull, but in, with podcasts, podcasts in particular if all you're hearing is studies and evidence constantly rattled off <laughs> one after the other, one after the other, for the layman, for the general population that we're hopefully hopefully trying to reach out to, it could be quite, it could be too much. So yeah, that's yeah. why I kind of with our podcast in particular, we like to just like throw in a random. Well, I do at least. Yeah, literally, so it's it. intentional or not, yeah. it is intentional. <laughs> yeah. I like to derail things <laughs> on a regular basis. Like that. Yeah, most definitely. I just think it's it's good to have fun. I try to relate that to anybody I talk to. It's like I do have a lot of education, but it's like. I've learned so much more than that. Life is so much more than the X's and O's of my education. It's really about, for me, is how I treat people, how people feel about me and their lives. Do they have a good feeling about being around me? Do I make people feel like they can be themselves around me? I feel like that's important. I like to disarm people. I don't want them to feel like they have to put the guard up around me and not be honest with me. And I think that has been a huge part of my my path in the business is just creating good relationships with other people is a very basic foundation for me. Uh, so following on from that question, Darren, I'm going to give you a bit of a two-parter now. So as we've already established, you've been in this industry for quite a while. What would you say has uh, changed in the past five years? And then what do you predict is going to happen in the next five to 10 years? In the past five years, I think what's changed quite a bit is um, increase in technology is mm. massive. Yeah. I think, yeah, you know, the technology in terms of the digital aspects of video conferencing, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, the technology changes so quick. And I believe that we're headed towards a tech, a, a future. I've done a lot of talks on this where there, there may be a future, probable future, where 
training sessions and options for work like that will be done in virtual reality systems, augmented reality, holographic-based technology. There's a company in Los Angeles, California, that already has, it's called Portal, and they already have a holographic machine. It's super expensive, but it's basically like you're already, that you're there with the person. And once the cost of that gets driven down over time, I think you're likely to see some places implementing that type of technology, which would be wild or being in a simulation-based or virtual reality-based world where it's almost indistinguishable from reality, physical reality. Uh, I think that could happen in the future. Do you know what? Um, obviously, we've liked the whole like topic of things like the, the metaverse, etc. That's mm-hmm. been quite prominent in the news lately. It has been quite scary to think about this kind of stuff. But I, I know when you were just kind of talking there and talking about holo- uh, holograms, etc. I was just thinking, I'm suddenly I don't mind the idea of being able to like have a hologram where I'm like you know being spotted by Ronnie Coleman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, choose your I'm, PT. I'm, yeah. do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm bringing back some of the greats from the dead, and suddenly yeah. you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm having like an arm workout with these guys. So you know. As depressing as uh, the future does sound, at the same time, it sounds like it might be a bit of a silver lining in there. I mean, think of, you know, you're meeting a client at your favorite destination or their favorite destination. Like, meet me in Maui, you know, or meet me in Australia (laughs) or something. Yeah, North Korea. Sure, behind the line or whatever, you know. (laughs) DMZ. You know, I don't know, the demilitarized zone. Yeah. Yeah. DMZ, yeah. It's like... Yeah, whatever. And maybe you say, hey, listen, I'm going to show up as a tiger and you're going to show up as like yeah, an yeah. alligator or something. That'd be wild, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. You oh. know, people do weird stuff, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely good. There'll be good intentions behind a lot of this. Like the, the whole idea will be, yeah. oh, you can roll out of bed, stand on your little platform, do your, your spinning class, whatever. But as you said, people will derail it, turn into alligators and start doing squats yeah. as people tigers. People do weird and, stuff. I mean, yeah. there'll be a market for it. <laughs> there will be, yeah. Completely. Completely I mean, be a market. <laughs> I know this is really detached from you know holograms etc. But like with a with the very first lockdown, particularly in the UK, like I made the mistake of not realizing how big a market there was going to be with Zoom training sessions, mm-hmm. and that was massive. And I was really surprised. I, I really missed a trick there. So if something as simple as Zoom training is popular, what would it be like in the future where we have got like you know virtual reality where we have got holograms or we have got this you know with the technology we've got it is creeping more and more into the fitness industry in general yeah you know so like for the, whatever the future holds yeah it's definitely gonna be interlinked within fitness and exercise etc and the industry yeah. as a whole i mean you can get that uh, i forgot what it's called but it's it's basically like a giant iphone that goes in your living room oh you, yeah i've oh, seen the big yeah. mirrors yeah yeah, yeah it's like yeah, a giant mirror, mirror. tonal yeah T- tonal yeah. is it tonal yeah. tonal tonal yeah that's, that's crazy that's crazy but uh you know it is actually popular you know look at things like peloton as yeah. well yeah. right yeah. and i think there's this is just the beginning i think this is this this is going to seem very rudimentary or archaic in 10 years all these things i think it's going to be like Oh, this is the stone age of technology. And I think in our business, obviously, there will certainly be a huge place for brick and mortar, being in person. That stuff's important. But I think there'll be this other aspect that will be progressing so quickly. The people who take advantage of it and market it right are going to be in for a wild ride with the technology. So I think it's just going to constantly 
be updating. It'll be yeah. crazy. As you said, the, the key the key thing is the cost, isn't it? That's it. Once they get the cost sorted out, yeah. that's when we're going to start to see it. it. You know? That's mm. it. I mean, think about this technology, yeah, video yeah. conferencing technology. Back in the uh, World's Fair in the United States, um, the first video conferencing technology would only last 10 minutes. It was very terrible. It was terrible. First created for like people to be able to have business meetings and not be far, not have to travel. And I believe one of the companies in the U.S., it was like $150,000 for it. And, you know, it goes down, down, down. Now, most people do it for free or with their service carrier, you know, (laughs) right? It's free. So, like, it's just a matter of time before it's widely adopted in, you know, video games and things like that. It's already a pretty big deal. But in fitness, companies like Apple, that's their future. They've said it. Fitness is their future. That's what they want to move towards um so i think you're going to see some crazy stuff i'm excited for it really i think i i especially think it's happening more because i think as a society we are, don't say it tom i think <laughs> no, you're like, but i think as a society i think we're getting more health conscious i'd like to say there's a lot yeah. more pushes for people to be more healthy you know in terms of everything they do yeah and, I, and it's a good thing obviously for our industry but as you yes. said it's people are putting more money into some of these advancements because they're seeing, okay, there's a market for this. People are caring more. And yeah, hopefully we'll see. We'll see in 10 years, eh? Maybe we'll get you back on in 10 years, Darren, and be like, you were yeah, right. Yeah, 10 years. Rule on, it could rule be on, a hologram. Person. We could yeah, all be in the same room as holograms. Yeah, it won't be you. It yeah. might not be me. It could be a clone. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, yeah. It could yeah. be a virtual yeah. clone. I mean, the right. thing is, like, we, we've spoken many times about how it would be awesome to kind of like lower the barriers to have, for people to have access to exercise, exercise, etc. Now, obviously, it does depend on cost, but still, it's another option that you could have a nutritionist or you could have a behavior or you could have a therapist, you know, within your room. But it's something from like, you, there's actually surgery has been performed on, I know it's going to sound silly, but demonstration surgery has been performed on fruit from surgeons that are other side of the globe but they're using it via robots so the surgeon's controlling the robot from a million miles away wherever wow. you know doing surgery on a grape you know but it does show you the potential in the future so you know that could be personal trainers it could be nutritionists it could be therapists etc we can now lower the barrier to people having access to these uh yeah yes. services Obviously, depends yes. on the cost. <laughs> this start. This sounds like the start of some mad dystopian clone film. You know, <laughs> it's like, like a sci-fi movie. But yeah, there's a benefit to it. Yeah, until yeah. until the until the clones get sentient yeah. and start killing everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should have an episode on this eventually, Bill. <laughs> yeah, it's a full blown episode. Just go right. This, this sounds like something that I would come up with usually. It's like it's. I think it's really like Tom mentioned. It's kind of scary, but it's also kind of cool at the same time. You know, and I think like. Uh, I really enjoy learning about it and using these virtual technologies, but I'm also for responsible use of it well as well. So I just think like we're sitting here today, what's this, February 10th, 2022. Can you imagine what February 10th, 2032 is going to be like? It's going to be like mind blowing mm. with like yeah. this, 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 it will be so much. Di- it'll be so different. It'll be incredible. It's exciting, exciting and scary. It's but exciting, yeah. but also scary. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't worry, it won't keep you long, but what a perfect opportunity as you're balls deep into this episode to tell you about our brand new Patreon, where you can get even more great content from us and support the running of the podcast at the same time. So if you head over to patreon.com slash podcast, or you can see the link down in the show notes, you'll see we currently offer three tiers. The first tier, starting at the price of a cup of coffee, but what you get with that is access to monthly Q&As, access to live podcasts, access to our Patreon feed with behind the scenes access and you also get to join our private discord server wow we right so hopefully we'll see you over at patreon.com slash csgf podcast very soon right then let's get back into this week's episode okay darren so we're going to talk about a bit of behavior change now tom is technically a behavior change coach aren't you tom I am indeed. I have an email in which I can print <laughs> off a certificate. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well done. Um, I'd have to go back through my junk mail and find the certificate. Oh, dear. The PDF. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The PDF, so that, yeah. But when we looked into your bio, Darren, it actually says, I'm going to read a little extract for it so everyone can get some context. Dr. Darian Parker earned his PhD from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas in sports education leadership with an emphasis in behavior modification. So that really stuck out to us. As I said, me and Tom really are into our sort of behavior change side of things. I think it's really important. So so what I want to know is kind of what is your approach to behavior change and do you think we need to be doing more as an industry to emphasize its importance? Uh, so let me go backwards. We definitely need to emphasize it a lot more. I mean, you think about, especially as a health and wellness fitness professional, you're dealing with behavior change directly all the time. I mean, people are coming to you to change their behavior on some level. So it, I believe that you need to have a solid background in order to understand. This is the reason why I got my doctorate is because I wanted to understand the human psyche, how people behave, and how can I be an intervention to help people ha- create a desirable behavior that they want. So I look at it as like, what's your, what's your undesirable behavior that's currently occurring that you're not happy with? What's the desirable behavior that you would like to have? And what's the intervention that will help us get to the desirable behavior that you have. Try to make it very simple for people. And then the other, the other side of that, which I think is maybe not talked about a lot, and, and I would love to hear what you guys think, is then talking to someone who is not willing to create that behavior change and saying, okay, we need to start getting serious about you accepting where you're at if you're not going to take the steps to change the behavior. So sometimes it's easy, I think, to get in this cycle where we keep wanting to help people change and they say they want to change, but they never do it. They never actually do the action behind it. Part of the behavior change process for me sometimes with people, it rarely happens to say, okay, I'm not seeing that there's an effort to actually change this behavior based off of the steps we're trying to take. So we need to start getting comfortable with where you're currently at. And, and sometimes that is just as jarring of an intervention as another thing is saying, well, okay, let's just get comfortable with current place that you're at because it doesn't seem like you want to actually move forward based off of the action, the lack of action. What do you think, so? I mean, there's an old saying, isn't there, that you, know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink from it. Um, you know, it's... It is a really, really hard one because you will get people that come up to you and say, look, my goal is X, Y, Z. But it's almost like they self-sabotage themselves sometimes. 
Um, I mean, in regards to behaviour change, this is where I'd recommend people to go and look at something called the transferetical model. And this is where they talk mm-hmm. about different phases of, well, behaviour change. So you get something like the, the pre-contemplation phase, etc. Mm-hmm. The contemplation phase, all different phases, basically, of someone's, someone's willingness or, well, as I just said, contemplation that actually I am willing to kind of take start taking actions to change. Um, now, with experience you will kind of, let's say you're having a consultation with a potential client as a personal trainer or nutritionist, etc. Through experience, you can usually tell just through a consultation, like it's almost like you can tell, I don't think this person's actually here because they want to be here. It's almost like their family member or their significant others pushed them into it. Yes. And going on from there, you can maybe intrigue them into actually wanting to change themselves, but usually nothing's going to happen until they actually want to do it themselves you know and that's not me saying that like oh you know you 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 have to want it you know the whole like oh motivation etc which obviously does help but it's about getting that kind of buy-in as well you know but people that generally do want to change you can kind of tell straight away and I, i can't give like a simple answer of how you can tell it's just through kind of experience body language people tend to ask questions if they're generally interested in changing um But like, uh, yeah, the transferical model is definitely something I recommend people look into, mm. etc. Yeah, I mean, I some agree pe- with you big time on that. Yeah, like you can just tell. It's hard to like put a, but you can feel their seriousness on some level. But it's hard to like throw a dart at it and say, I can pinpoint these three characteristics. It's almost just like a feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah. They just want to get out of the room as quick as possible. Yeah, exactly. Either give me a magic pill or just tell me straight that there's there's no point here, you know. <laughs> I mean, we get different motiva- levels of motivation as well. We get intrinsic motivation and we get mm-hmm. extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic intrinsic meaning that you you want this for yourself, whereas external usually means well. Once again, as I'm hearing, external like there's an external reason why you want it. So a cash prize. Let's just say ex- ex- extrinsic motivation is you will win this amount of money if you you know lose this amount of weight because let's be honest with you when it comes to behavior change most of my clients are going to be in regards to weight loss etc you know extrinsic motivation would be them just just simply being interested in the money but then intrinsic motivation is no no do you know what i for health reasons or aesthetic reasons i want to lose weight for this reason then i'd be intrinsic suddenly they have you're, you're more likely to be motivated by having that intrinsic motivation mm-hmm rather than external, uh, in extrinsic motivation. And what you'll find is people that just simply are there because they're their significant other or their doctors just simply tell them you need to go and do this. They've got that extrinsic motivation. They don't really want to be there. People yeah. with intrinsic motivation have a bigger chance of actually modifying their behaviour and changing their lifestyle and actually be willing to learn along the way. Uh, Darren, what would you, would you say? So if we look at it from like a weight loss perspective, what do you think the issue is and why do you think certain people lack that intrinsic motivation? So people come to, so there's people out there obviously who would be classed as maybe overweight or obese. They've they've got through there through their decisions. How would how how would you think would you tackle that to get that is it something we need to do as a society or is it something you can do with an individual to get them that self motivation to actually make a change? You know what's interesting? I'm gonna ask you guys a question after I answer this, because I think I don't because I don't I'm I'm ignorant to how it is in the UK because I'm not there. I don't have a lot of colleagues in the UK, so I'm not sure how prevalent 
pe- people are in terms of asking about weight loss and is it a, is a serious thing. In the United States, weight loss is most people approach fitness professionals for weight loss. Mm. And, and I often tell them like, listen, it, it, this, this can't be strictly about exercise for weight loss. This, this is a multifactorial issue yeah. here that I'm not going to magically change. For mm. this, like, there's there's a lot of there. This is a sleep related issue. This is a nutritional approach related issue. It's an activity related issue. It's a stress in your life issue. There's there's a lot happening here that we need to tackle and under. I need to understand so we can have the best possible experience for that. I think on an individual, I'm much more of an individual level aspect to this. In the United States, I think we're on a, a freight train going downhill a thousand miles an hour that our country is in, in critically bad condition, critically bad condition overall. The, our statistics of overweight and obese are staggering, upwards of 70% at this point uh, combined. And I don't believe on a large, large scale we're going to change that. I really the the, in, the increase in technology, mm, the yeah. the human condition to want the path of least resistance, and not to have manual work and and do those things. We're not going to go backwards in the United States and all of a sudden become more manual work based. We want, we want AI. Now, we? we want things. We, we want we yeah, want, we want it now, all convenience. You can right. you can go on Amazon Amazon and you can order something and you can get it the same day in some cases. It comes right there too. Yeah. Like yeah. why would you go back to, to yeah. the opposite? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Te- Tesla self driving cars. I mean it's it's getting it's I get what you're saying. It's because <laughs> of the way we're going. As, you know, I keep saying of as we're going as a society, as you, it's very hard to reverse that, isn't it? I think it's hard to reverse it on a large scale. On an individual scale, there's there's certain people that you know you that can, yeah. as Tom said, they're going to come to you and you feel it. You mm. know. Their, their readiness is there. You sense it. You know, like, okay, this is going to be a great person to work with. They're serious. They come. To, they came ready. I find that mm. much more prominent on like an individual level as a larger level within the current society here in the U.S. I think I, I don't, my current stance is that I don't see that changing. I, de- I feel like things are going to get worse. I really do. Mm. Be like, um, what's that feel, Wally? You know, when they're all in the chairs. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it's definitely more dystopic to me. And I don't yeah. know, I just, I, 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 I welcome anybody who feels differently. I think it's great to have different opinions about it and, and people are more hopeful. I'm generally a more hopeful person, but I'm just looking at all it's the markers hard, it? yeah. and things. It just doesn't seem like we're going to like all of a sudden become more active as an entire nation and all of a sudden reverse all of these things. But plenty of people individually, I think, you know, there are people who really want to do that. And, I, I you know, I, I want to be a part of that, you know. What do you think, Tom, here in the UK? What are we saying? It is an extremely complicated and tricky situation. Mm. I mean, as you mentioned, like it is, well, it's multifactorial, isn't it? Um, going back to just simply ordering food, even if you wanted to get hyper-processed food before, you know, at least you had to walk to your car to go and get it <laughs> and now you don't the car comes to you yeah. you know with uh you know like delivery uber services etc uber eats here yeah. etc obviously activity is a big issue as well uh politics doesn't help etc obviously yeah. covid hasn't helped a hell of a lot <sighs> jesus um yeah. i don't know i mean i I want I want to be a bit more optimistic and say because of the pandemic, like people 
arguably more self-conscious with their health. Uh, you know, but honestly, it's it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say. I don't see things getting better anytime soon. Um, when we look at scales, etc., we do see that kind of weight has shot up over the years. Um, and you know, health in general tends to worsen with that. But hmm, it's yeah, you know, it is you know, I think a problem as well on the mass scale, as uh, Darren mentioned, individually we can make a difference, but mass. I think we've learned through this pandemic is that people do not respond well to big government like authority. <laughs> they hate it if the Same government tells them to, if anyone <laughs> if, if anyone in government tells anyone to do anything, all hell breaks loose. So to make a mass change health wise, the government would have to say something, and I can just imagine people saying, "Don't tell me how to live my life. I can do yeah. what I want." You know, and then I think that's what would happen. <laughs> so I don't think I, I think you're, I think you're right. Do you know what this it's is a, a mass change, this is isn't a funny it? thing <laughs> about the libertarian argument over this yeah. is that right, and usually so. I'm sorry, I've accidentally brought politics into this situation. But We're let's normally be so honest, non-political, aren't we? We're so normally non-political. Let's, let's, let's be honest, politics does play a part in public yeah, yeah. health at the end of the day, which mm, goes ahead with nutrition. Now, in regards to politics, when we look at like the far right, who do tend to kind of lay full responsibility on this, let's just say people who do have obesity or suffer from poverty and are obese as well, as sometimes tends to be the case here, like the right say this is personal responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like why doesn't the government like um, somehow punish these people in regards to this, like take away their health care, et cetera. Yeah. Mm. However, then there's the argument where people say, well, the government should educate these people. It's like, well, that's still interfering. That's still government interference. Yeah. So it's a really tricky situation, no matter what yeah. side of the political spectrum you see it see it as. But I mean, uh, in the UK, we have like school meals, etc. Our current government, you know, is interfering in that in a negative light. So it's it is multifactorial, you know. And if you start off young, straight away, if you're it, it, if this starts from a young age in regards to a decline of health and increasing in uh, obesity, etc., poor nutritional health um, and habits, it's only going to get worse as you get older, usually. So, yeah, it's a we're in a shit situation here as well. <laughs> yeah, I think Bill mentions like people don't like being told what to do. Like, it seems like this is a common thing on both sides of the ocean here. Yeah. yeah. In America, it's like there's this massive, don't tell me how to live my life at all. Like, stay out even, of it. Even if they're trying to help you. Yeah. Right. This well, may be good for me, do but don't tell me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? You said it's good. It's not good. You know, well, now I don't want to like, do it now. <laughs> it's this weird psychology. And it's just... I, I want to be optimistic. I really do. But it's like everything that I, all the data I see, my observational experience, I've lived all over the United States. I grew up in a military family. So we lived all over the United States. I lived in Germany and in, in Europe for a while. But most I can speak to the U.S. It, it's not getting better. But the illusion is if you look at commercials and TV, it seems like fitness is more important mm. and that people are into it. But the yeah. numbers don't lie. The numbers do not support that. It supports fit people becoming fitter in that sense, yeah. but not necessarily yeah. the larger population. It's such, this is such a difficult conversation. It's so difficult, isn't it, to tackle this? I it is know. difficult. Yeah. It is difficult because obviously we do have people from low socioeconomic status, uh, yes. backgrounds, you know. Once again, it's one of those things where we're not saying that it's help. It has, even though it seems the opposite, we're not saying, no, <laughs> you know, it's helpless. Everything is a foregone yeah. conclusion. Doom. Yeah. Doom. You know, yeah. 
it's just finding ways to work around it. Mm-hmm. It's finding ways to work around it without simply just saying, oh, well, you can't follow the same protocols as, you know, me. Therefore, you've already given up, etc. You know, it's just thinking, well, actually, these people have different circumstances. You know, this is someone that works a nine to five job. This is a single mum. This is someone whose only chance to exercise is in the evening. Maybe they haven't really got access or financial yeah, Tom, access. Tom, to mate, there's 24 hours of the day, mate. Come on. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be, everyone has the same 24 hours yeah. of the day. And it's like, yeah. yeah, all right. Cheers, You mate. know what? Yeah. You've never worked in a coal mine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. right. never grew, exactly. never grew up in Wales. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, classic of it. We're not saying it's a foregone conclusion and there's no hope. It's just that, especially in this industry with personal trainers and with nutritionists and coaches and just a general public and the average gym bro, we need to stop perpetuating this idea that you have to do what we're doing, right? You know, and that we yeah. all have twenty four hours a day. It's actually been a bit more compassionate and just saying like, yeah. You know, Hey, look, maybe we can try and work around each other here and do it like X, Y, Z. And I, it's hard to give examples because everyone is so different. We'll move on to something which I'm hoping is going to be a bit more positive now. And that is, <laughs> I feel like we've got a little bit more to talk about in terms of uh, your, you know, your career and stuff but i want to move on to something that's quite exciting i looked into thoughts this, this is different and that is your i think social media platform f.em yeah it's uh it's pretty recent and um is another thing like just from talking to people you know i was talking to uh, a colleague of mine who was on my podcast and and i just really liked her vibe and i thought man this is somebody i want to do something with i don't know what it is i have no clue i just i like ideas about yeah. things so we had several phone call meetings and we were chatting and I said, you know what? I'm really not a huge fan of like s- social media per se in its current form. So I, I also think that like wellness is a very vague term and that there's so much kind of buzzword in the U.S. about wellness and self-care. And I said, but why don't we create a platform that is a more private platform where your data is not being shared where people just can't creep on your page and look up everything about you, but not engage with you, you know, just like do recon on your life type of thing. Um, And where it felt like you're paying for it. So when you pay for something, you pay different attention. Mm, That's so true. That's, I think one of the missing links with social media is that of course you're paying for something. You just don't see it tangibly out of your pocket, you know, and all that stuff. So we wanted to create a different behavior. It's okay, let's have a paid uh, kind of social media platform where you can go on and you could be a member and it's a black box. So when you're on there, no one can like Google search you, your profile on there. They can't find you unless you're an actual paid member on there. Additionally, we define wellness on the platform as looking at all the different components of wellness, social, emotional, spiritual, you know, intellectual, environmental, occupational, the whole thing. And here's some ways that you can become better in all those areas to put the complete picture of health. Because health is also a very vague term for a lot of people too. It's not just the absence of disease for that. So we wanted to have something where also you got poured into. So when you came on, you became a member, you got people came and they told you how good you were, how, how much, how happy they are that you're there. And that you're important, that you matter, 
and be a really positive gateway for you to start saying, hey, listen, there are people who want to support me, who want to care about me and are not going to tear me down. And the other part about it is we want you to give your knowledge. So part of the requirement is you come on, you're going to teach a class about a topic that you are an expert on, you're passionate about, uh, and that you can give back to other people, your knowledge. And additionally, part of the membership is 10% of, the, of your membership goes to charity organizations, giving back, grassroots charity organizations that were a real difference makes. So like our charities are like uh, domestic violence, grassroots domestic violence charities, where we actually, with the money submitted, actually helps people who are experiencing domestic terror, domestic violence, get into hotels, get into shelters where they're getting away from the violence that they're experiencing. And we actually can tell them, this is the person that was helped. This is the family that was helped for that. This is the animal rescue shelter that was helped here. This is so different things like that. So it's about giving versus always receiving with that. And and the, the part of the touch, the, fem, the F.E.M., is that we bring kind of this almost feminine energy, humility to that. And we know this statistically that when we empower uh, a feminine energy, females, that societies get better when that happens. We know this statistically, and I know it observationally. So we wanted to bring that feeling as well to it. As for men, you know, women, everybody, but that sense of that nourishment, that caretaking, that nourishment, we felt that was important also to create a site that embodied all of that as well. Yeah, I really like that. So you've basically created a platform that cares as opposed to some of the, yeah. if we look at all other social media, it doesn't actually care. They are all based on algorithms to make as much money yes. as possible for, they want, they're based on algorithms to keep you on the app for as long as possible to make them as much money as possible. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. you're paying for something like F.EM, that's where the money's coming from. So apart, there's, there's no there's no issues about algorithms. There's no issues about adverts. There's, there's no, no issues about anything else. No. It's literally there to, to care about you. I like that. And the, the feminine stuff as well. Some people might be listening in and get a bit, you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a manly man. Oh, I don't like that word. <laughs> But I think it comes down to, you know, in this in this society, we need to, I've said society about 15 times. Tom's no, you're taking over. Tom, Tom's going to meme the hell out of this podcast now. We live in a society. But, um, Love it. But do, do you get what I mean? Is in like, we need to be kinder to each other, I think, like now more than ever, especially yeah. when historically social media has been such a cesspit of, you know, it's just so poisonous. That the, it is true. If you think about you know, normal social media, the amount of stories you hear of people getting bullied, you know, the horrible things. Someone does something bad in the news, for example. Next thing you know, they're getting death threats on Facebook. Yeah. And it's like, it's like what, what, why is this even happening? But you said if we, you know, take a more caring approach. Yeah, no algorithms, you know, more privacy. And um, we spell it out pretty clearly on there. Like, if you don't like it, you don't want to be a part of it. We're not going to make like the delete button, like really hard to find. You know, like yeah. you know, they do on all these platforms, they make it impossible for you to get off of it. They make you jump through all yeah. these hoops because they want you to stay on. I don't want you on there if you don't want to be on. So we do videos for all of our frequently asked questions and, you know, bright and cheery and say, hey, this is if this isn't for you, that's OK. It's no big deal. Here's exactly how to get rid of your account. ABC plus the screenshot of how to do it, because why would I want somebody there who's miserable? For that, I, I want them to move on to something that they want to really do for that. So transparency is important. All of our 
business meetings, behind the scenes meetings. We record all of them and we post it to the community. So they know exactly what we're doing. There's no underhand stuff going on. Report everything that we send for the charities. We want you to know that this is on the up and up. We have integrity. We're transparent. This You can trust this space. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. More like the actual platform itself. How would you say it kind of like works? What can because obviously we've all got an image in our heads now of what a social media should look like. You've got a news feed, or you know, you've got like a, a, a feed full of photos and videos, or people putting posts up. Is, is there some sort of similarity there on F dot em? I say it's very similar because I didn't want it to be too different Alien. than what people yeah. are used to. Yeah, so very similar, and then we have like eight to ten topic spaces where you can go. And there's reputable articles uh, about what's going on in each space of wellness. So if you want to like, you know, improve your spiritual wellness, you can go to the spirituality tab and on there will be articles and discussions related to just that topic for it and so on and so forth. But looking at that doesn't mean that everything that comes up will be spirituality based. It's just you're in that. And I think that's how social media used to be when it first started. It wasn't all these algorithms. It was like, oh, I'm interested in this. Let me check this out. Now you do it and it dominates your news feed Mm. for that or or news, whatever it is. You want to take it back to something that I think what they meant it to be. But then when the business model aspect came in play for social media, it became this monster of algorithms and recommendations. And that's what I think ruined it. And yeah, the addictive nature of it. We wanted to get rid of that aspect of it. I feel like with the algorithms as well, you get stuck in echo chambers very often because you you interact with the same people on your, let's say on Instagram. If you interact with the same group of people, all you end up doing is seeing each other's posts. They see your posts. You see their stories. They see your yeah. story. And you get stuck in this little echo chamber where you think yeah. that is the world. You you think that is my world. <laughs> yeah. It's like on Twitter. When there's ever a, a, a you know, whenever we go back to politics again, whenever there's an election or something, people get stuck in these echo chambers on Twitter and they'll think the whole world thinks this is bad. How has this person won? It's like, well, no, it's yeah. because you'd be in your own echo chamber because of the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. You think you think the whole world is on your side. But no, it's because you're interacting with people with the same thoughts as you. So you'll never expand in your mind. Whereas if there's no algorithms, that doesn't happen, does it? So, Nope, it doesn't happen. Just to give a lighthearted comment of my experience on algorithms. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. And that is, no, no. It's, <laughs> well, say, originally it was quite good because I tend to follow like a lot of like evidence-based accounts, etc. So... On my news feed or like a people that would suggest to me, it'd be all like things that I generally found interesting that would actually help me learn as well. But there was like one night where I ended up finding this one account and it was one of those accounts where it's like oh satisfying videos. It just shows you like it's like factory videos, oh how ice cream's made and it would show you like ice creams on the conveyor belt and stuff like that. <laughs> I just thought, Oh, that is quite satisfying to watch. But then my algorithm just went absolutely haywire. <laughs> but it's made to be addictive. And before yeah. now, I was like, oh, I'll watch one more. I'll watch one more. Yeah. This is about to turn off. I was like, how, you know, how popsicles are made. Well, one more. This is like two o'clock in the morning now. Like one more. Yeah. Like, the algorithm could just suck you in. Before you know it, you just one more click. One more click. Yeah. So yeah, now my, yeah. my Instagram is no longer evidence-based. It is just like uh, how candy's made how broomsticks are made, <laughs> how pencils are sharpened. Yeah, just so random no, no longer. Yeah, that's is it. This is how we, 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 it's no longer evidence-based. It's just random, addictive, satisfying videos. Oh I love that. Yeah, we. <laughs> I just like. I just have just been over all of it. So I was like, you know what? I can either complain about it 
or I could do something about yeah, it. Yeah, take action. And like there's you said, the instead. action yeah. again. Yeah. I don't want to be a complainer. I mean, I'll complain about stuff, but like, I want to. If I can do something, I want to do something about it. And we even tell people on there, we're like, do not spend a bunch of time on here. We tell people that do. There's other things in your life you should be doing besides this. But this this is a very positive place. You know, pop in, see what's going on. Get some great encouragement from other people, and then go do other stuff. Don't spend all your time on here. You know. Do people have like fr- friends on there as well? Is it like everyone pretty much a friend almost? Or is it like no, you have to no, find- it's a it's a variety of different people. I have a lot of colleagues. It's it's a lot of people in the health, fitness, wellness industry yeah, okay, uh, cool. that are in there, and uh, they just like the positive nature of it. People put a, there's an event space, so if you got an event going on, oh, wow. let everybody yeah. know about it. People join those events and stuff mm-hmm. and just, just like people cheerlead you. I feel like we need more of that. We need more people who are like lifting other people up and saying, hey, man, like e- even if I don't really, I'm not really into this topic, I'm just, I'm just pumped that you, you feel so awesome about it. Like you're so into yeah. this. I want to, I want to push you forward and, and what you're trying to do in your life. You know, I, I may not be into it, but I, I like your effort behind what you're doing, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Because I said on, you know, normal social media it's normally the opposite isn't it people find it very difficult to say anything nice and they'll rather go to the easy yeah. option of saying oh you're shit all right cheers thanks for that yeah help. that's not helped me at all <laughs> you've not you've not that's not anything meaningful so yeah, yeah it's, nice. it's easy to be mean i think exactly, and it's easy exactly. to be critical of things but it's very it's much harder to to like see somebody and go i'm really not into that but i appreciate the effort that you're putting into this and saying that to somebody and i feel like a lot of d- diffusion like I, there was a guy, like I'm on LinkedIn. I've been on there a long time. It's the one thing that I have. I really like the professional aspect of it. And there was a guy, you, you guys will like this. I think you'd be into this. So it was a colleague of mine and he had written this article. It was like the only three ways you can get in shape. All right. So for immediately I was like, only is like <laughs> too concrete for me. <laughs> it's too yeah, like yeah. in game to me. Yeah, way Which, too like, you know, way here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And you know, like, Inside me, I felt that initial feeling of like, I'm going to blast this dude. You know, I was like, everybody has that feeling, you know? (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 this is not the type of person I am. And I, you know, he asked the opinion, said, do you agree with this? It's not like I just freely put, he asked, do you agree with this? So I put in a very constructive thing where I was saying, listen, I appreciate you putting out information. Here's my disagreement with it. And then I sandwiched it with, again, I just appreciate your time. I'm interested in it. And... You know, he came back at me and was like, well, people need to start somewhere. I was like, yeah, but this is like a definitive statement only. Like if you took the mm-hmm. only out of it and reworded it, it may not sound so not great. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it just it's didn't nice sound great to, to me. <laughs> yeah, like it's how you, and I said, it's how you say things, which I think yeah. is really important. Again, as colleague, I'm thankful you're putting out information related to our business, but I just have a different take on it, you know. Mm. But I could have been really mean, and what have what would have that what would have been happening if I did that? We'd have had this yeah. huge beef on LinkedIn and all this stuff based, based on emotion, yeah. on emotion. There's yeah, because you see that you see that so much. I mean, I'm going back to normal social media again. Like you, you see people put something out, and people have a knee jerk reaction, and they'll fire from the hip all emotion, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're a fucking idiot," and it's like. Right. What? It's like, but why? It was just like, relax, calm down for a second. Like, think about what you're saying. They said, <laughs> a language is important. And if you said, you didn't agree with what that person said, but because of your language, 
you didn't come across as hostile, so it made them more receptive to your information, which hopefully meant they will now speak in a different way. Whereas if you just said, oh, you're a fucking idiot, shut up, they would have probably gone, no, you're an idiot, shut up, and then they would have carried on and probably pushed that agenda yeah. even more because they're angry and yeah. emotion. And so, yeah, I think it's a good it's way. Suddenly straight on the defensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to create offense. If I create offense, I'm going to create defense from the other person. And and then it, it then it's a reputation thing. Like, what does that look like for me? If people see that I have this poor behavior over and over, I mean, I don't. I I want to have a reputation of integrity and quality, and intelligence. And in order to do that, I have to think about how I come across when I'm engaging. And I think that's a part of our problem with social media is people don't often think about their reputation. They just they just push. They they emotionally push the button. They emotionally post. And I do everything that I can not to do that. Yeah. So what I always try and do by is always take a moment and think logically before you know emotionally because emo- emotion can be very powerful and can be very uh, yeah. problematic. So yeah, mm-hmm. lo- thinking logically can always help. Uh, so where where can people find F dot E M Darren if they wanted to? Yeah, so you this? just go to like basically F E M dash community dot com. Yeah, F dot E M. So fem dash community dot com. You go on there awesome. and. Uh, we actually give people the first month free is on us. Oh, wow. uh, it's regularly $25 a month, but the first month is free on us so that you can actually spend time on there, explore it and see if it's something you like. If you think it sucks or it's terrible, great. You didn't lose anything. You had a free month and you just move on with your life. I think it's a fair deal, and uh, but it gives you enough time to spend time on there yeah. and see if it's an environment you want to be the, on there. And if you don't, that's totally cool. Literally, as I've never been somebody who's like, "Oh, I can't believe you don't like what I'm doing." I'm like, "I'm not for everybody." That was the, <laughs> like, that not- was the nicest way that you could basically <laughs> say, "If you don't like it, well, fuck off." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the nicest way someone could say that. <laughs> right. That's that's language. That's language. That's language. <laughs> that's language. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. This is why I don't do well on social media. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, before we move on to the final part of the show, which is our secret questions, I just want to ask something because you you know, we've alluded a few times now you've been in this industry for quite a while now, and I'm sure you've been across loads of challenges along the way. So what I want to know is what has been your biggest challenge? Um, and more importantly, how did overcoming that challenge, if you ha- if you have overcome it, uh, change you now? You know, I think the biggest challenge for me is there was a good 10, 11 year stretch where I was uh, running a luxury fitness club in a private residential community. And I was overseeing uh, for this company, I was a national fitness director, national director of fitness for the entire USA. We had, we're in 33 countries all over the United States. It was a big organization. So I was in charge of all that. And you're hiring people all the time. And particularly, I'm hiring support staff, hiring other trainers all the time. I think what was challenging was finding really good trainers. Yeah. was very challenging. <laughs> because uh, I'm not sure how, again, I, 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 am, I can say I am ignorant about how that works in the UK. I'm not sure how it works. But I know here it's like it, 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 there's no regulation. There's very little regulation when it comes <laughs> yeah. to getting in the Tom, train. Tom's like, yeah, it's the same. Okay. Yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's so literally it's like non-existent. Okay, it's the same. Let's just say it's the same. Tom, I'm yeah. tracking. 
it's so How, bad. Yeah. It's so bad. And so it's like you're wading through a lot of people who are, it's a hobby for them. Uh, it's a side job for them. Uh, it, it's not really, there's not a lot of education for them in it. So the challenge is, you know, finding quality people uh, to create a really engaging environment for customers uh, was challenging. But I think over time, we ended up figuring out a really great system of interview questions and things of that nature to like parse through the people that would really be effective for that. Because we basically had to skip over the whole oversight aspect of the certification bodies and all that, because essentially there's like too many of them and the the rigorousness of it is so low. Like literally anyone can do it. I mean, it's crazy to get in. The standard is so low. The bar you is just so have low. to wait. The <laughs> bar is so incredibly low. So finding the ways to work around that, I think, were was a great challenge. I really enjoyed it. And I think we succeeded on a large level with it. Yeah. We, we've spoke about this before, haven't we, Tom? About that, that bar being set so low, and I, 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 don't, I don't even know how we combat that. Like, what, I, I mean, we, have to just we are hoping here. to eventually do a whole podcast on how low that bar is aren't we but uh, yeah. <laughs> but now we've got to keep our cards close to the chest because yeah. we don't want to get yes. uh, in trouble <laughs> yeah. it's not, and it's not even like what what is also problematic is not even the fact that it's so easy to get into it's the fact that a lot of the information that you're receiving on this easy route in is so wrong half the time like it's out yes. of date or it's just it's like what so they come to you with this really low bar of qualification anyway and then some of it's wrong and you're like, well, it's even more fucking useless. I'm like, what do I do with you now? Like, there's nothing I could do. Like, what do I do with you? I think to put it very simply, one of the biggest issue is, at least in the UK, is that there's all these different training bodies and course providers, but they're not all sitting from the same hymn sheet. Mm. So I could interview five qualified personal trainers tomorrow who are certified, but they've all been taught different things. They've all had to give different answers on their exams for the same question. And that's extremely that's worrying, problematic. Because it's people's yeah. health we're dealing with at the end of the day. People's right. health and you know, well-being. Yeah. We're, and we're, we're basically saying, yeah, you do this little course. It's all different. It doesn't really matter. We'll learn <laughs> it on the way. It's like, well, no, this is somebody's yeah. health. You could, you're affecting somebody's future. <laughs> but uh, spoiler alert, hopefully me and Bill will be going into that at some point. In a whole yeah, we'll go full time. send. Full yeah. send for now. Spoiler alert. I know, yeah. I know, right? Okay, we'll move on to the final part of the show then, which is our secret questions. Now, this is going to be, we'll, we'll probably keep this fast and short and sweet. Ideally, is I'm going to ask you a question there, Darren, and I want you to answer it within seconds. I don't want you know any thinking okay. about it. Just, just, just your initial thoughts. It could be good or bad, as a matter. You know, there'll be no judgments here. The call might end, but we'll see. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> right, question: What do you think of CrossFit? I don't like it. <laughs> That's my initial thing. Oh, or no. I haven't initially. I didn't wait. You know, you said just to, like initially. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I appreciate. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate it. That was just in my initial, and I mean, I have a reasoning why, but I, yeah, I have a reason. I don't know if you want to hear it, but you know, I, go I know it. Yeah, that's go for it. Yeah, there's a lot of people who do cross listen to this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think initially, kind of my initial thing about it is, I felt like I was, I've been around forever, and I've seen the birth of it, and I've also seen kind of the certification process of it and stuff, and a lot of fans creating boxes and a lot of really poor um, okay, yeah. coaching techniques yes. and, and, and almost a very, I don't like when something becomes cult-like almost in, a, in its obsession. <laughs> I think it breeds a yeah. weird mentality 
And uh, I, that, that, I didn't like that. I've done it plenty of times myself. So it's not like I'm saying I don't like it and I haven't done it for that. Now, this was a long time ago. It may have changed quite a bit. I know that the company has gone through a lot of controversy and with the founder and all these different things. Um, but I think my, my, my saying that is probably more towards my initial introduction to it and what I've seen throughout the time, but I don't. I can't say that I have any current experience with it that uh, that has given me a bigger explanation about it. I can see Tom bursting with you know excitement. <laughs> no, no, it's because when Darren asked, like, um, I don't know if it's like, oh, still a cult. It, it is still a cult. <laughs> Nothing's changed there. It oh, is God. still a cult. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that's true, Tom. No, no, it's because as as you were speak as you were speaking, I was kind of on like, yeah, we've spoken about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just like it's not like night is not an act. I don't say it's an actual, but it's like cult like in what yeah, my I perception. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong about this. I've been around enough people, done it. It just uh, that doesn't. It's not really my thing. But I understand the community aspect of it you know you're saying it's kind of like a cult i think there are aspects because i spoke to loads of people and even just by attending you know certain courses or whatever they have a tendency to it's their way or it's you know it's, it's no way like you have to that they have their way of doing things and that is the only way you can yeah. do stuff like i spoke to one coach um you know somewhere somewhere north and he was saying to me how he was trying to teach weightlifting and he was doing it to a different body for example i can't remember their body was it was quite a well-recognized weightlifting body and mm. another coach went, oh, no, CrossFit don't do it like that. We can't teach it like that. CrossFit don't do it like that. It's like, well, it's still, a, it's still a, like a valid, this is still a valid way of it. No, no, CrossFit don't CrossFit, do it. mate. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> uh, they, they do have that tendency yeah. to, it has to be their way. Um, and in terms of the coaching, yeah, there is a lot of awful coaches out there. Uh, and there are there are people who, I mean, like for myself, I recently did the level one qualification, but I've been doing CrossFit for quite a while. So I came into it quite experienced where there's some people who've been in CrossFit for like six months they're doing the level one, and they're then technically qualified to go and coach. Yeah, and it's like, well, right? It's like what the f- and, and it's only a two day course. It's not like a very full on course. You do a few, like, right? Runs, right. Yeah, so it's not very. So I think that's still not changed from what you what you thought. That the level of coaching mm, is still yeah. can be still be problematic. I think. Yeah, mm. but I I understand that you know people want community, and it's good to have community, and that you feel like, hey, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. I just like it feels like from somebody who also has come from a lot of my studies. Uh, educational background is through like Olympic lifting, platform lifting, and all those things. It, 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 it was very much against what I learned scientifically uh, about it. So I had some issues there. Again, I don't know currently. I don't want to say like I, I'm very wary of saying things that I think I know when I don't. Yeah. For that, I want to be, it's just an opinion and past experience. But I don't, I, you know, I'm not into like a orange theory. Or I'm not into like anything else or whatever. Or like some people are Peloton's almost cult-like at this point. There are people like <laughs> yeah. they, they yeah. love Peloton so much. They create a podcast that's all about Peloton. Their yeah. entire life is around Peloton. And I'm just like, I just, that is strange to me. It's just strange to me. I was like, just, I don't know. <laughs> like, it goes back to the echo chamber thing we spoke about, doesn't it? Yeah. You're not, you're never going to. That's gonna ex- it. That's what it's yeah. getting me. Yeah. Like not everything's about the one thing i don't know it's, it almost seems too simple yeah. you know it's like if that's their niche fair enough but when it comes to the point where it's like oh well you're doing it wrong, wrong because this is how 
this is how CrossFit does it, or yeah. well, this is how powerlifters do it, or this is how Olympic right. lifters do it. It's like this is how bodybuilders do it. It's, it, it depends <laughs> on the context, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not necessarily if I want to squat well below parallel. I'll squat well below parallel. But if powerlifters are saying to me, look, you've just got to break parallel, you ain't got to go too low. It's yeah. like, well, I'm not doing powerlifting. Like, mm. At the same time, if bodybuilders start talking about time under tension, etc., it's like, well, I'm not bodybuilding. You know, yeah. it depends on context, isn't it? So if people want to yeah. be stuck in their cults, okay. But when they start preaching to me, well, my cult does this, so you should be doing it. That's where it's like, well, you know what? Just go lie under a car. <laughs> and take the handbrake off there's that severity thing again. <laughs> <laughs> he goes from zero to a hundred in seconds darren he i know it control. just happens it just happens i love it actually it's great <laughs> yeah. no Brilliant. i'm a behavior change coach god help us yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I know>, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome you guys are fun have you got anything anything you want to ask tom i mean mine's uh really mild but i mean after your name uh darren you've got lots of letters so your phd you are NSCA, so your strength and conditioning, CPT, certified personal trainer. Are you looking to add any more letters after your name? No. Or <laughs> if you, if if lots of money and time suddenly fell into your lap, would it be anything that you would love to have after your name? No. No. He's no. content. He's happy. You know, actually, I've resisted. Fair enough. Doing a lot more, like I, uh, I know most of the certification bodies for PT here in the United States, and a lot of the people in it. And I have a lot of colleagues who like their name would be like going across to your name and your name. They're like, it'd be <laughs> yeah. so long. It'd be a choo-choo yeah. train going on like there. A zip code. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is a wow. You know, and I just, uh, I feel like I'm, I feel very content in what I've done educationally. And I, while I want to keep learning, uh, I continue to keep learning about yeah. the science. Science is only good as the time it's in. Things change. Things keep updating. I keep yeah. up to date with things for sure. Um, but I, I feel like my, my pathway right now is just like more about people, the personal nature of humans. How can I be a better person? How can I be a good uh, intervention for other people? I want to be a good example of a human being to other people. And that's really important. So adding more to it, probably, you know, I, I don't desire to do more yeah. you know, beyond that. No, that's cool to hear. No, that's sweet. Awesome. Thank you. I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up there unless, Tom, you've got anything else you want to add, mate? No, you always seem surprised when I have like a serious secret question. Well, because the, the, inter- <laughs> the entire podcast, you're absolutely batshit crazy, causing chaos, and then we get to the end and it's like, oh, you know, what is the meaning of life? It's like, all right, Tom, where's this come from? Like, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I'm I'm still joining on the whole like holograms, metaverse, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, one day we might be able to actually be in someone's car doing a podcast as holograms. Oh yeah. I mean I'm assuming like traffic collisions will go up skyrocketing, but you know, <laughs> pod- podcasting from cars, yeah. It will come yeah, this if, if it's a self driving car, you can just podcast <laughs> yeah. while the car drives you. I mean, you know. Oh a scary world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. That is scary. Yeah, self driving cars and self lifting barbells. <laughs> anti-gravity barbells I'm getting off I'm getting Bionic off Bionic Bill's done <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> what was that? Bionic that Crossfitters <laughs> Bionic Crossfitters oh, yeah. to be fair it makes sense all those shoulder injuries oh here we go uh, I know oh, man. oh man oh man 
We've been through this. We've CrossFit been through this has a low injury rate per 1,000 hours of training. I just want to clarify yeah, that. Evidence-based. <laughs> in. Back in the room. Back in the room. Uh, oh, dear. That's fun. So we'll, we'll wrap up there. Darren, you've already mentioned where people can find F.EM. Is there anywhere any, anywhere else you'd like people to maybe check you out? Yeah, definitely. You've got your own podcast, um, well, you've got your own podcast well, haven't you? Is that right? I do, yeah. Dr. D's social network where I interview all types of people from all over the world and all different professions and walks of life. Uh, 400 and... 20 something episodes in i love it it's a great time i enjoy doing it uh that's on all major you know uh platforms and on my website drdarianparker.com you spell out doctor drdarianparker.com on there find out uh, a little bit more about personal training uh my podcast is on there and then also i like to write poetry so my poetry is on there as well it's like I, I like to be well-rounded and being to different things. So I, I try to showcase that as well. You know. That's brilliant. Well, we really appreciate having you on this, but it's been a very uh, good call. I've, I've actually really enjoyed this conversation. It's been a bit different, you know, perhaps, you know, some of the other conversations we've had with other people, but it's, yeah, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. Great. Thank you, Bill and Tom. I really appreciate your time. No, you're welcome. Yeah, you. It's been good. That's great. Have a, get a good night's sleep, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome I'm going into central London at, uh, very very early in the morning because I've got a meeting that sounds fun you know it's a very exciting <laughs> it's actually scary really scary I'm terrified so yeah oh, wish what me luck about? everyone Best you can't leave London. on that what's it about about you my can't... performance oh <laughs> that's an interesting way to be done with the conversation I know, yeah. I know right I know it's right next to the River Thames as well so if the meeting does go bad I know where I'm going to end up Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. This is this is chaos. But yeah, I'll see everyone <laughs> else next week, hopefully. Yeah. Pleasure as always. And uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. All right. Thank see you later, guys. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. If you are new around here, we'd love for you to stick around and get stuck into our vast back catalogue, which includes things such as recovery methods, the various diets out there in the world, tackling common health and fitness myths, and more recently, exploring the world of health and fitness supplementation. We also have numerous one-off specials, so we'd love for you to hit that subscribe slash follow button on your podcast app and join us for the next one. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.